Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome to today's episode of Leadership Stars. And this month is all about taking risks and all of that. And I, I love um, our guest today. She she is a risk taker. And we're not suggesting that you do anything too crazy. But what if you knew that taking certain risks can bring huge rewards in your business and in your personal life? Would you be willing to jump and grow your wings? Do you believe that you have to hold your breath and just jump in? Or can there be a safe and even serene way to take the kinds of risks that leaders need to take in order to be successful? And so today I have the incomparable Heather Sontag with us, um, and she is the expert in taking risks and being organized. Heather, welcome. Thank you, Linda. I'm so happy to be here today. It's great to have you. I mean, I've, I've heard you speak, and I I was in awe with your presentation a couple months ago at Developing Alliances, and I knew that this was going to be an absolutely stellar show, and that you had some really great things to say to my audience um, about organizing, about taking risk, and all the things that wrap around it. So, Heather, would you mind sharing with our audience your background, sort of how did you get to what you're doing today? What were your mm. steps? Yeah, it was it was definitely a journey. I didn't, you know, jump off the like high school college bus and and jump onto organizing and being a coach. Um, so I've been in business as an organizer and coach for almost eight years now, which is pretty exciting. To, but prior to that, I was a teacher and an artist. Mm. Yeah, so I was a fine art photographer for 10 or 12 years, and somewhere in that time, too, I went back to school and got a teaching credential and started teaching art in the public school systems here in California, and um, they were both fabulous careers and jobs, and I loved things about both of them. And then I started having children. And so I, I stepped away from teaching, but kept doing the artist with my being an artist with my first. And then with my second, it was just two kids under two. I was, I decided I was going to devote some time to being a mom and see what that was like staying home and just doing momhood. Mm-hmm. And there were parts of that I loved, but I realized pretty quickly that I was going to be a better mom and a happier woman if I went back to work. Mm -hmm. And so I started exploring. I could easily go back to teaching, um, doing the art things a little bit more challenging just because the cost of childcare where we live and I don't have family around wasn't really matching my income as an artist. Mm -hmm. Because as we know, being an artist, you can make a living, but it's, it's a lot more challenging than other fields. Mm -hmm. So I I thought about going back as a teacher, but then I started realizing that there was these other skills I'd been learning as an artist and as a teacher, and then as a mom that actually put me in a 
good place to be an organizer and a mentor and a coach around that. Um, you know, as an artist, I really got to the place where I could visualize something myself that I'd want to bring into creation mm-hmm. and then make it happen. And I, I saw people struggling to like create the spaces in their office, in their homes, friends, my my family members. And I was like, well, if you just do this and this and this, this can happen. I was like, oh, that's a skill that I can use somewhere <laughs> else, right? Right. And then, you know, the teaching part, you just bring in that ability to read different learning styles for me. And then also, like, actually, how do people learn skills so they mm-hmm. can then master things on their own and become self-sufficient. Um, and as a mom, you know, you just learn to juggle so many different things. And I think the biggest lesson for me in early momhood was just learning how to prioritize what was really, truly important and live that. Not just kind of have it as a thought, but actually living it each day because there were so many things that had to happen. Some things had to fall to the wayside. Uh, so, you know, taking all of that, I kind of just dipped my toes in and was like, is this going to be a viable business? And and it really took off really well from there. Awesome. And I, to be honest with you, I so value um, folks who can organize. Um, you would think that because, you know, my masculine side is, is relatively strong. So I'm re- really great at organization and structure and strategy and that kind of thing that I would be, be the penultimate neatnik and that everything would be put away and my inbox would be empty and all of that. And I can tell you, it's not. Um, I have 12 pages of emails in one of my email boxes, most mm-hmm. of which I haven't seen yet. And so, I, you know, I understand that. And I'm a mom of two girls um, who are out of the house. In fact, one of them is um, soon going to um, have a child, and we're really looking forward to that first grandchild and, and all the fun and, and that goes with it and all the stuff you get to do that you couldn't do as a mom because you're yes. your grandma, you know? Uh, so I, I totally understand that. When you, when you say you were doing fine art, were you actually drawing or you, were you taking photos or what? I was. I was a photographer. So I used a traditional film camera because this was like, it was in the days and age where digital cameras were coming about. And I had one and I would play with it. Mm -hmm. But I really was very much what now they call an historical process photographer. So I would use film and then I would actually use historical processes um, and print on other objects besides photo paper. So I would print on glass and on paper and on wood. And then sometimes I would bring some mixed media, make it more of a mixed media piece by bringing in paint Mm -hmm. um, and things like that. But it was a, it was a little bit, had a lot more texture to it and a lot more um, uh, just kind of a a sense of not being from the here and now. Mm, Okay. So you you might have even done stuff on canvas. Yeah. I actually never worked. Never did that? Canvas. I worked, I really loved very heavy duty watercolor paper. Okay. That was my favorite um, substrate Mm -hmm. to put um, emulsions onto. And, but I did experiment with other things, um, even to the point where I would print things onto like uh, acrylic medium, and then I would peel the acrylic medium off of Mm -hmm. 
stuff and it would be like this kind of film that was malleable and then I started like weaving in wire and creating hanging like you know kind of sculpture but still about the photographs so okay so I'm going to ask the question is is there anywhere where we can see some of this fabulous art or is it all stored away organized Um, (laughs) (laughs) it is in lots of homes around especially Mm -hmm. around the bay area yeah i sold my work at open studios and pro arts galleries for a number of years yeah and the last time i pulled everything out was it's almost two years ago um for my 40th birthday i had hosted a birthday party and i brought all my art out and i invited as many people as wanted to come, and I said, don't bring me a present, come take some of my art. Oh. And please put it up on your walls, because it's sitting in my garage, or, you know, back in a closet, and I would much rather it be out and being enjoyed. So it's mainly in the homes um, and a few offices now. I did give up my photograph, my photography website a couple years ago as well, so it's not easily accessible anymore. (laughs) Well, that sounds that sounds fantastic, and I would love to experience it that sometime. Um, it, it sounds it sounds like the stuff that I really enjoy very much, as far as the art that I have, which right now is sitting on the floor in my new office because we haven't gotten that hung yet either. So you'd think that um, that what you do is it's it's difficult, I think, oftentimes for people to step into being organized. So what do you do to make it easy for, you know, busy moms, overwhelmed moms, busy entrepreneurial women, to make it easy for them to get organized and then stay organized? Well, I think there's kind of, it's a two-part process. Mm -hmm. And the first part is something I mentioned before is getting really clear about priorities and what's important. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and what is the motivation for being organized, quote unquote, and organized is also, you know, it's a spectrum. It's what is the organization <laughs> get you? Right. Right. My goal is not to walk into a home or office and make it look like something out of a catalog. Right. It's to make it functional and support whoever is living and working in that space. Mm-hmm. Priorities are where you start getting clear about what's really important and how organization is going to help make that priority easier to Mm -hmm. achieve and easier to integrate into your life every day. And from that, then it's, well, how does each person's brain work? Mm. What is their mode of functioning? Um, There's learning styles. There's also doing styles. Do you do things... Quickly, you just get into it. Do you need to learn about something first? Do you need to actually touch things? So there's lots of different ways that I kind of learn about my clients. First about the priorities and then how they actually do. And I kind of can observe that and ask questions and it comes out. And then partnering those two together really helps create the organization systems that support them. hmm and give them a reason to maintain it. So, Heather, do you find that working with individuals whose learning style is more kinesthetic is easier than those that might be auditory or visual? I haven't noticed 
That is an interesting question. I'd have to kind of maybe reflect on that longer and think about individual clients. And as I think about it right now, what I think about is the kinesthetic learners, they really um, need the physical objects. They're the ones who have to write something down to learn it or remember it Uh and tend to um, not want everything digitized. Right. Or need a process that involves a physical action before things are digitized. Mm-hmm. And and auditory and visual learners, visual people are great because they can actually visually remember where they put things. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's oh, a certain no- advantage there. Yes. What a novel yeah. approach. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I, I, and it, it is funny because... I can go to the piles that I have and pull out things. And people go, how did you know it was there? I go, I don't know. I just know that that's where I put it and I can pull it out. Um, Sometimes that doesn't work. But I'd say at least 85% of the time, I know exactly where it is. And if I don't, if I walk away from it for a while and come back, it's like, oh, yeah, you're right there. Uh, I don't know why, how that works, but it, it does. Something else you mentioned, Heather, was about multitasking. Uh, and I think that's part of the the whole, can I get organized? I mean, I'm really good at doing three or four different things at once. Mm-hmm. Is that really true? Can we really do multiple things at one time? Well, we could do multiple things at one time, but do we do any of them very well? <laughs> that's the yeah, question, that, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As a mom, I think the multitasking you're, that is demanded of you, a parent in general, you don't have mm-hmm. to be a mom or a caregiver of children anyway, demands that you be able to wash the dishes and listen to your child talk about something. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're cooking dinner while you're answering how to spell something for an essay. Right. Um, and I think there's two two parts of that. Like for myself, I notice when when I, for example, if I'm cooking something that's new, I'll actually ask my kids to stop and say, give me a minute. I've got to read the recipe and figure out how I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. So I am, but I'm also pushing a pause. I'm actually really focusing on my kids when they're talking and I'm more in automatic mode. Mm. And so yeah. I think there's there's that kind of difference. Yet when you really want to be creating something, if you're doing that, that work that people call, talk about deep work where you're mm-hmm. really drop down your synergy, you're in that place of flow. I don't think you can also be like checking your email inbox or, or being notified that you've got a text message and responding to it and mm-hmm. really getting the best work that you can get out of yourself. So distractions can be um, detrimental to your ability to, to efficiently do work and, and get, get things done. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think, the statistic that I've read a number of times is every time you're interrupted by a notification, a bing, anything, it takes 20 minutes to get back to the place of focus you were at before. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a long time for you know a, a quick bing kind of thing. It is. Uh, and that's in our day and age with our phones and being so attached to them and all the notifications. It, it can be really helpful to learn how to turn them on and off and be selective about which ones to use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know e- even like on this show, um, if I have one of my emails open, it will the notifications will bing. And of course, that, that's heard on the show. And so it, for me, it's a, ooh. 
you know, I know I don't need to look at it. I know I don't need to listen to it or whatever, but it does take your focus off of what's going on. And, um, and I, I, yeah, trying to, trying to get rid of distractions to better manage your time, I think is something that we all struggle with because of the speed at which communications come through and you you see them it's it's almost like the brain can't handle it going through that fast yeah absolutely i would totally agree okay so moms are still experts at um, doing multitasking and being on task yes I think in different (laughs) ways i mean some moms of course do it better than others and I would definitely say when you're doing too many things at once that you're not really focused on any one thing deeply. Right. Because your attention is being split. And I think I've also read that you really actually can't focus on two things at once. So you're constantly bouncing back and forth. Yeah. I I think that's more true the case that you're actually in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out. and But it moves at such a rapid pace that it seems like you're doing both at the same time, but the brain can't actually manage that, um, which we thank, thank very much. But it also has to do, with, I think, with, um, you know, like being on the road and, and thinking about something or being on the phone and not paying attention to what's going on on the road. You're truly driving by uh, your subconscious and what you remember about where you're going. And I know, I don't know about you, but I have on several occasions missed the turnoff because I've been trying to multitask in the car um, and recognizing how dangerous that can be. But I think we unfortunately all do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I find myself automatically going a certain way. And I'll be like, wait, mm. that's not the way I want to go. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, yes. Well, and then you also do the the thing of when did they put that forty story building up? I don't remember that. Anyways, <laughs> on that note, um, audience, I would love you to think about times when you try to multitask, or times when you know you're overwhelmed by the amount of emails in your box, and it's like, what do I do with this, and how can I get myself back on track? And we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, lead with Linda.com. 
become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. Um, And I have the phenomenal Heather Sontine with me today. And what I love about Heather, too, is that she empowers women to really clear their lives of mental, emotional, physical and the overwhelming digital clutter in our lives and making it easier for us to do the work that we were meant to do on this planet and the changes that we were meant to make in how we live our lives on this planet um, currently. So, Heather, welcome back. Thanks, Linda. Okay. Now, the, the topic of this month is all around risk. And I would love to know from someone who presents as being very calm, very collected, very put together. What is the biggest, scariest, hairiest, bravest thing that you have ever done? Um, I think the scariest thing I've ever done was have children. (laughs) (laughs) What, just Um, because they didn't give you a manual when when they were born to say, hey, this is what you do to raise them? Yeah. Yeah, And... Originally, that wasn't the route I thought I'd take in life. And then when I decided to do it, it was kind of jump in and, okay, I'm going to do this. And, and you know, there's so many things out of your control, so many variables. And it really took, like, trust in myself and my partner and the world that, like, it'd be okay that, you know, my kids would turn out okay. So that was that. And then also I'd say, like, starting to um, speak publicly Mm. about what I do in my business and my life's work, um, I would have had serious stage fright for many, many years. And it was it was only about four years ago that I really started doing more and more public speaking. And and I think what really changed for me there, what like got me to be able to be brave, right? Mm-hmm. You can do scary things, but being brave is like doing them even though you're scared. Right. 
And so was the fact that I actually felt like I really had something that needed to be shared. Mm-hmm. And because I felt that way, I could, I can kind of even still, but before I get on stage, the nerves come up, the, you know, get warm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all those wonderful physical sensations. It's the, it's knowing that I have something to share with people that really just lets me move past that and, and step out there. And, and I so agree. I mean, you know that public speaking is the number one fear that people have, even over death, which I think is very interesting. Um, the, the concept of getting up in front of a group of people and, and speaking is just the most frightening thing that an, anyone can do. Um, I started when I was seven, and my first presentation was really reading, uh, having memorized a poem and then um, speaking it in front of a whole group of parents um, for Christmas. And I forgot, I was on the last line and I forgot the first word of the last line. And I looked at my coach and she gave it to me and I went on and I finished. And I got a stand, surprisingly, I got a standing ovation, but I think all of us kids did. And my mom and dad came back and said, oh, it was wonderful. You did a great job or whatever. And my grandmother stood back with this sort of ugly scowl on her face. And I said, Grandma, what's you know, wasn't it, didn't I do a great job? And she goes, you know, Linda, um, you really aren't very good at standing up in front of groups of people and talking. Um, you shouldn't do that for a living ever. And, of course, what do I do for a living? <laughs> I stand up in front of But there is, as you said, there's still that sense of, um, are, are they going to listen to me? And I know I have something valuable to say. You know, are they going to trail along with me? All of that. And am I going to trip and stumble over my words? Am I going to forget where I want to go? Am I going to be disorganized? I mean, there's so much that runs through your head that um, it's it's almost like you can't speak, but, you know, you're, you're tongue-tied because of it. So I totally understand how brave and how scared you can be when you stand up and, and speak. But you taught um, how how different is it to teach kids from standing up in front of adults? It's funny that you noticed that. That was always my question. I was like, why am I so scared to get up and talk in front of adults? But I could like, I can handle kids any day of the week. Mm-hmm. I can handle classrooms. I'm not as good with the little kids because I just don't have as much patience. But like right. I taught middle school and high school, no problem. Like I have no problem telling any kid anywhere what to do. <laughs> I have to tell you, that to me is an act of bravery to, to teach middle school and high school. Having had middle schooler and, and high school girls, uh, I, yeah, I just can't imagine that. So yeah. congratulations. So thank you. It, it was. It was like, well, why could I get up and teach and like talk all day? Mm-hmm. Yet when it was time to get up in front of adults, it just got me like frozen for so long. And I think it was just fear of judgment and fear of not like that um, was the imposter syndrome. Oh yeah. Just, yeah. Well, who am I to know what I'm talking about? And, and it's, it's really interesting because now it is probably one of my favorite things to do, whether it's like a big stage or just like an intimate workshop for my own clients. I just, I feel so good after I facilitated a group, it, mm-hmm. 
it just really like fills me up in a very satisfying way. Yeah, I, I feel very much the same way, but I, I also do go through the same, they're going to judge me. And especially since I talk on leadership, it's like, what do I know about leadership that these people don't know? What, what, what can I bring to them that might um, make them a better leader or even step into leadership or whatever? And then that whole sense of I'm an imposter and they're going to they're going to find out um, that I don't know anything. So I, I agree with you. It is um, something that I love. I mean, I love getting up in front of groups of people and talking now, um, but I still have that little voice that says, are you sure? Are you really sure that you should do this? And of course, um, bust through that and you know, step out on stage and, and make things happen. So I, I so agree with you on that. Um, so your business, um, what kind of risks have you taken in your business that, again, you've stepped into being scary and bold? Mm. Well, I've been writing a blog for about two years, and it's a biweekly blog. Mm-hmm. Um very regularly for a little over two years. And um, with the feedback of one of my coaches, she said, you, you put out great information, yet there is this um, wall you hide behind as mm. who you truly are. And I think it comes back to that fear of being judged. And so over this last year, I've really been working to just open up and be more truly who I am, be vulnerable, I, I don't think I was ever inauthentic, but really show, you know, my underbelly when I'm feeling safe enough to do that, to share my own like, personal struggles and successes. So it's not just writing about how to manage your email, but also how that when email is out of control or something else is feeling overwhelming, how that affects you know, my own personal life or how it affects my clients' lives so that it's it's more about the deep personal transformation mm-hmm. um, that I go through myself and then I work with on my clients instead of, you know, the specifics of a checklist on how to do this. Of course, mm-hmm. those are in there sometimes because something really great comes to me or I have a great experience or I learn something new. Mm-hmm. But that's been the real, like, the risk is just kind of opening myself up and being like, here, I truly am. I hope you still like me. (laughs) Oh, I know how that goes. And especially since um, really what you do sits more on the masculine side. So to step into the, and it's really easy to do checklists and this is to do lists and this is the steps and and that kind of thing. Um, It's you're right. It's stepping into that being open and vulnerable with your clients uh, about, hiding behind the curtain, hiding behind the work that you do, because it's it's sort of easier to put out those checklists mm-hmm. than to put yourself out there, right? Yes, absolutely. At least it was for years. And it's becoming easier to just now sit down and write what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took, it, it definitely took some practice. <laughs> yes, uh, I would I would so agree, and and that's sort of where where I'm working is on that on the feminine side with all the creativity, all the collaboration, the empathy, the compassion, but it also has all the relationships and how how deep do you get into those relationships? How much of your underbelly do you show, and is it safe to do that? 
Uh, and I think that's also a place where women struggle is with, um, you know, I, I'm a leader or I, I'm, I want to be organized. How, how much of um, my not being as, as perfect as I can be, can I show and still be respected, right? Yes, absolutely. Because if we show that in some ways in our lives we're falling apart or we had a hard time, does that negate mm-hmm. the power we are as a leader, um, as a mentor? And and I'm learning it actually, it, it means you have more power because you're willing to look at your own challenges mm-hmm. and grow from them and acknowledge that life's just not <laughs> always, you know, easy. <laughs> no, and it, that it's okay to cry. Mm-hmm. What's not okay is to cry on cue, <laughs> you know, um, to have a segment in your presentation that you always cry in that segment and it becomes um, more scripted than it does authentic. Yeah? Yeah, I can't even imagine kind of, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you. That's, that's definitely not my my way but yeah that that sense of always just not being so much in the moment and in the feeling and whatever's coming up then and there yeah yeah, yeah. it's 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 definitely something that is learned and experienced and I'm not sure that it's necessarily um, natural uh, for because there there is that that fight flight kind of sense of is it okay is it safe can I do this will they, will they attack me what will they do and then being able to relax into it and say no it's okay I can do that this group is safe that I I can be myself I can be emotional I can you know be vulnerable and it's going to be okay and they will respect me in the morning for it. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I also so, think it's learning when those when you're in those safe places and when you're not too. Yes. And how do you do, how do you judge the difference? Um for me it's a lot of it's in my body. And like the sensations, like do I get that sense of security? Do I do my shoulders drop? Do I feel accepted for just being who I am? And sometimes that takes being in a group more than once to learn. It's not something that always happens the first time I step into a space mm. or a community. Um, but the messages really usually come to me through my body. So what is an easy, uh, an easy way to take risk safely? Hmm. Let's see. I think because... It, we don't know what's going to happen until we try something. Mm-hmm. There's all that fear and right. it's resistance. Yet when we use that fear and resistance, like as a ground for like a place to start self-exploration, we mm-hmm. learn to trust ourselves. And so, like I mentioned, having my, my body as my like kind of guide in that instance mm-hmm. You know, by going deeper and deeper and looking at my fears and being willing to go, okay, why am I scared of doing this? What's, why is this risk frightening me? Why is it a risk? Because it's a risk because that frightens me, not necessarily for much other reason, in in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So going into that place of self-exploration and learning what, what is coming from the fear, what kind of thoughts am I having that are feeding the fear? Then 
I, I think it allows you to really like come at it from a perspective where you can make a more solid decision. It's scary, mm-hmm. as I said earlier, but I'm going to be brave and do it anyway. You know, it feels very different than when I was young, mm-hmm. and I and I kind of had I, I was pretty risky when I was young. <laughs> I, I I love like big exciting things I've learned recently I can't be the first adult to like go down the mountain on the mountain bike because I will be the one to crash Um, (laughs) so that's my lesson this year is like there is risks but I also have to start like being like careful about physical risks Mm -hmm. as I get as I you know like my body changes and but there's I, I it's different than when I was younger when I would just be like oh that looks exciting let's do it um yes yeah, to now it's like, does this, what am I going to get from this? How does this make me grow as a human being? And even though I'm scared, does my body still pull me towards it? Mm-hmm. So you do use your discernment um, as far as, is this a yes, no kind of thing? Um, I know some people do muscle testing and that kind of thing to determine is this something I should do? Is it not something I should do? Um, I think also you, you, with fear, you can also get into a spiral with it that spirals you down and it's breaking that and really recognizing where, where is the fear coming from and how, how in essence can it teach me um, and might it support how I, do, how I take this risk? So on that note, Heather, we're going to say to our audience, you know, check it out. See where you're taking really risky risks and does that still support you or do you need to think through them and look for what really is a safe but sound risk for you? And we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, 
and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, leadwithlinda.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I have my guest, Heather Sontag, with us. And I love the fact that you work with overwhelmed moms and busy entrepreneurial women because, boy, we sure can use it. And it's even worse when, you, when you're both. You know, you're an overwhelmed mom and a busy entrepreneur um, and trying to stay organized. And I, I think when, one of the places I get really sometimes disorganized is around time, that I've lost track of how much time each of these things take and run out of time. Is that something that's classic in overwhelm and busy? Yes, I think in different ways. You know, everybody's manifestation of how they perceive time and work with time is a little different. Mm -hmm. I see people who, kind of what you're saying, but overbook, try to do too many things in a day. Like I can get like 12 things done in a day and in reality, like, really to do all of them, you got you can maybe get five of them done. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's the one I see a lot is taking on more than is actually just humanly possible. And I think for women, especially, the, we set the highest expectations for ourselves and are pretty hard on ourselves when we're not meeting them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So is there risk in being that overbooked? Yes. I mean, I think those aren't necessarily healthy risks either because, I mean, you're risking your health Mm -hmm. to start with because you're stressed and you don't have time to slow down and just take a deep breath a few times a day or go have a lunch that's not in front of your computer or, you know, driving here and there and, you know, not really getting to to just move at a steady pace. It's always mm-hmm. high speed. Right. So that's, I mean, that's not good for your body and your brain because you've also always got that adrenaline and cortisol going. And then I think as a professional, it it hinders your ability to really drop in and serve whoever you're serving or create whatever you're really creating with from that place within you, that source within you that is that true place of like knowing and experience Right. And as a mom, I think it teaches our kids that you just got to hurry through life, that there's so much to do that we can't really pause and enjoy 
a moment or enjoy people or enjoy, you know, walking to school or those kinds of things that just sometimes make life a blur. Yes, it does at times. Um, and yeah, it, it does teach them oftentimes what they don't want. I mean, I remember when my kids were small, like they were in middle school, not even in high school yet. And I actually had one of them say to me, mom, I don't want to be like you. I, I don't want to have, you know, th- you know, you're out of town, you're doing this, you're doing that. You know, it's like you never seem to have time. Uh, and that really caused me to stop and think about what I was doing and how I was doing it and what kind of an example I was setting for my girls. Um, and I changed uh, quite a bit and put more sp- expansion, more ex- spaciousness in that gap gave more time to them and their needs and what they wanted and and that kind of thing and found a way to still have the business run and and do what it needed to do, but without it being overwhelming um, in my life. And that was a very brave thing for me to do. Yes. Yeah. What a gift to your kids as well. So I'm curious, why do you think it's important to take risk in both your life and in business? I mean, it's something we're all scared of. Why, why should we do it? Right. And a lot of it goes back to that, you know, that place of being scary and the fear and the chance to look at those blocks. And, and when we look at them and we look at like the limiting beliefs behind the fear and the resistance, you know, our shadow side might come up or we get to see the shadow side both from the positive and the negative light. Like it's not always a bad thing to have. We all have a shadow side and mm-hmm. there's good in there. There's good growth that comes from that and look, learning how we function that when we're willing to face all that and kind of walk through that fire, so to speak, through that fear, what we tend to find on the other side is something so much better. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've gained experience. We usually... When done with discernment, that we've usually gained something that we really wanted, even though we were scared of it. Mm -hmm. And we've gained even more information and knowledge of ourselves and how we function Mm -hmm. and thrive. So the type of work that you're doing, how does that help your clients take the risks they need to, want to, that will actually help them succeed? I think that the most important thing that I work with my clients on, there's all the logistical stuff to organizing, but is learning to trust themselves, learning to really tap into that innate knowledge that they have within themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, offering that safe space to my clients to explore options, explore outcomes when they're sitting in a place of, okay, I want to do this thing, but it requires maybe like a whole system in order for me to move forward. A common one my clients have is wanting to expand their business, but needing to bring on either assistants or like other professionals to work side by side with them. Mm-hmm. And that takes kind of a leap of faith that you're going to be like paying some more money and that you have to have things set up system-wise so that other people can do what you've been doing and you can do more of the professional work you want to be doing in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and I, so, oh, go ahead. no, go ahead. So explore, you know, being that safe place where they can explore and trust which is the right route for them to take. 
which is the place that they're going to feel secure yet willing to step through that, that ring of fire. And Heather, one of the things that I have my clients do uh, around this, because you're right, it's, it's something that is terrifying for many people is to bring people on and have them work for you, um, especially if it's not something that you did, let's say, in, in, if you had a corporate life or something along those lines, um, is to create an organization chart for their business with all of the positions that an, a, an organization would normally have, you know, your CEO, your CFO, your COO, your CLO, and all the other Cs that you could possibly have, as well as the people who work for them. And then put your picture in every one of those. Because when you start, <laughs> when you start as an entrepreneur, you do everything. And it becomes a question of, am I good at all of these? You know, is this where my genius is? And if not, what's the first one that I can hire somebody to take on? And someone who's not like me, in other words, somebody who doesn't have the same skills or experience or knowledge or passion or whatever, but someone who does something that I don't do and I don't like to do. Um, I love the fact that my team, I have a woman who does my social media for me because it's not something that I get charged up to sit on Facebook for hours. It's just, it's not who I am. Um, so I, I could put her picture then in, in that spot. And it is so um, empowering. It is so relieving when you actually do turn that over. You delegate it and actually turn it over to someone else who's good at it and makes you look like a genius. So, I, yeah, I, I do agree. It is a leap of faith because, uh, you know, it's, it's into the unknown. You, you don't know, you know, how this person's going to work with you. Is it going to be a good marriage? What's it going to be like? But then again, you look at marriage. It's something that we leap into. Not, I mean, sometimes it takes years, but you still leap into that relationship not knowing how it's going to work. Again, you didn't get a manual when you got married, right? No. No. I didn't. <laughs> I did not. And yes, it's every day it's like, oh, Okay, this is the new way. I, okay, I had to function around this challenge. Right. This part of the partnership. Yeah. So there, there's all these things that we we do in life, and we we take these risks in our personal life, and oftentimes business, and yet there are other places where we kind of oh no, I I I'll, I'll make a mistake, and this is so true around leadership. So. I want to ask one question first. You have a free gift for our audience. Let's let's talk about that. And then I have one last question for you. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to offer all your listeners my Take Back Your Inbox Challenge because most people I know have so many emails in their inbox, they can't find what they need when they need it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and it's it's how do I find time to do this? How do I have the time every day to like clean out thousands of emails? Well, this challenge is quick. It's easy. It does arrive via inbox, mm-hmm. um, but it arrives in your inbox. It's five days of twenty minutes or less tips and tricks in order to get yourself moving towards inbox zero. And if you keep doing it, um, depending on the amount of emails you're starting with, you can move to inbox zero within a month. Ooh. Yeah. And do you ever bet anybody that they can't do it? (laughs) 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 Oh, okay. Well, Heather, I'm going to have to take your challenge. um, Okay. Because right now I, I'm, my inbox is 
It's not overwhelming, but I'm not getting past the first page. So that will be really helpful. Okay, the question I wanted to ask you before I ask you about tips, and by the way, audience, um, Heather's gift is on the website uh, under free gifts. Please click on it and get this into your inbox as quickly as possible. So one question, what leaders do you admire that take risks? Give me two. Two? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, one woman I admire is Anne Lamott, and I admire her. She's an author. Mm-hmm, I do. Okay. Yes. So, and what I admire about her is that she's shared her personal struggles mm-hmm. and how transformation through those struggles is hard, but how like it, it's hurts, but the outcome is so worth the journey. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, you know, we can, we can work through these things and come out the other side and thrive. And the other one is a gentleman named Nick MacArthur. He is a man that I follow on Instagram. You can find him by looking up Epic Danger. And he is publicly sharing his transition story from being a woman to a man. Mm, Okay. From a mother to a father. And it's just so touching for me to be able and inspiring and brave to just show all of this. And I'm sure there's things that he does protect Yet, just to be able to see for myself, like, what someone else's life who's totally different than me, I get to experience it and and develop that compassion and education that I wouldn't get if he was not sharing that with the world. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Heather. Now, to close the program, I always ask my guests for at least one tip um, that they can take away from this show and do Okay, is this, do you want an organizing tip, an inbox clean-out tip? Uh, <laughs> Whatever you think is most valuable based on what we've talked about we've today. Talked about. Okay, I'm going to talk about the risks and how just learning to tap into your body's information, whether that's like you talked about the muscle testing, mm-hmm. or it's just, you can also like ask yourself a question, do you lean forward, do you lean back? Mm-hmm. So leaning forward is like a yes, leaning back is a no. But it takes that moment of just getting quiet, dropping in, breathing into your body, and and just seeing how you feel in reaction to choices that you have to make. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Heather, so much for being here today. It was great having you, and I've learned a whole lot, and I'm sure my audience has as well. So thank you. Well, thank you so much, Linda, for having me. I've really enjoyed being here today. Absolutely. And audience, if you'd like to know more about Awaken the Leader Within or the Art of Hurting Cats Leading Teams of Leaders, please send me an email at lynda at dare, the number two, leadwithlinda.com. And until next week, just remember, be courageous and dare to lead. And we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.